0: You know, in my head, I can do a backflip and I can do a ton of other cool things. But once I start doing them, just not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
1: My fiance has said that she's realized the more she's gotten to know me that boys are a little bit of a masochist or at the very least daredevils. And that's we're like, yeah, we either think we could do that or I could take it. Something along those lines where we're like, if I tried, I could probably mm-hmm. do it. Even if it's something yeah. insane, like jump off, you know, those the high jump off the ski lift. I'm like, yeah. Could do that. Or if I crash, I would survive. I'd yeah. be fine.
0: I could take it. <laughs> like, pff, I could take on a bear. I yeah. think I could actually <laughs> fight a bear.
2: I could, yeah, I, I could land the plane. There's no one I, I could lay land the plane. Land. Yes, land. yes, that's it. I could <laughs> land the plane. That's it. that's
1: it.
2: Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. to me, goose. i You going to steal the Declaration of Independence? Fly. So, sail. So. Why so world. I could do this all day. Are you watching closely?
1: Welcome, everybody, to the One Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Bosberg, and we got Josh and Zach, my Marvel people, here to talk about. What's up? Oh, we're here to talk about Infinity War, finally. Woo, oh, took it's us, good...
0: It took us a while.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, we got to spread out the content.
0: Content, exactly. <laughs> but
1: first, There's... before we get into this, I have breaking Cold news. Claims. Breaking news. And it's not quite breaking because it's a little bit. Oh,
2: right. (laughs) I am that hero. Larry (laughs) Boy movie is in the works for
1: 2026. No way. That's the theatrical release. It says eight hours ago. So eight Eight hours. hours ago from recording this they announced and actually it leaked they whoever runs the veggie instagram page accidentally posted the movie announcement like a, a couple days ago and then deleted yeah. it but too many people saw it so it got leaked but then today they announced that the larry boy movie is is hitting theaters actually hitting theaters which is crazy and Sick. i still think that jonah veggie movie and the general VeggieTales movies i can't think of were there actually other veggie movies or just
2: pirates who don't do anything yeah oh that was its whole
1: movie wasn't yeah there, wasn't
2: yep. there two of them yeah i think tales. The was... just one well there was jonah and pirates pirates, pirates the and Jonas, yeah.
1: yeah i i still love i i think it's on the national treasure dvd that my dad has uh, whenever we play it, it it has a dark night on sea with the ships and the cannons going off and it says
2: this winter the pirates are back yes.
1: I was like, man! I think Um. VeggieTales, as good as each of the individual episodes are, it also thrives as a movie. And both of those Mm -hmm. movies are very fun and super goofy. And yeah, I think a Larry Boy movie could be epic. And (laughs) there is some questioning in the Christian sphere of certain theological views of some of the original creators. But it depends on who's producing it. It depends on who's voicing it. I hope they get the original look, the original cast, and a decent story. And unfortunately, the hard truth is that with what the history recently of VeggieTales or the creators of VeggieTales has been in some areas of social debate and, and conversation, it's actually might be something worth looking at is, is a good mm-hmm. story because we don't know. I hope it's all good. And I'm excited to see because yeah. I grew up with it. We grew up with VeggieTales. We yeah. were of that era. And it, it, was, yep. it was a really good way to communicate gospel truths as kids. So.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like you <laughs> called me out. Cause I just realized I wasn't following Veggie Tales, so you can call me a fake Christian if you you
2: need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm following him now. I'm I'm a Christian
2: now. (laughs) Only (laughs) the real Christians follow Veggie Tales.
0: (laughs) Get to the pearly gates, and Peter Peter standing next to the gate is like, "Hey, are you following Veggie Tales?" No.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: it's baptism, communion, and following Veggie Tales that are what what we need to do as Christians. (laughs) yeah so that's that's the news um that came out today but we are here to talk about infinity war and funny enough josh maybe you can correct me because i'm pretty sure it was when infinity war came out maybe but it also probably was endgame but we went as a friend group to go see it probably for my birthday because it came out around my birthday
0: in moose lake
1: yes thanks for doxing me (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah you're
1: right sorry no actually i am proud to be from moose lake because it showed up funny enough in a Tales movie in jonah mr lund says i got this from my cousin in moose lake and it's actually our moose lake it's it's a fun story oh, story for another time moose lake
0: minnesota is in rio and rio as well where, yeah yeah that's not moose our point that's not our point. Anyways, that's not our point that's not our point after
1: we went and saw infinity War, i believe for some reason my dad has always been talking uh, Wanted to talk about the story and message behind a movie. And I don't know if he intentionally sat us down or if we just all ended up in in our living room and started talking about Infinity War. And that actually was probably one of the first times I realized I have a bunch of friends who love talking about movies and their purpose behind it. And this could be something bigger. And that's what turned into this podcast. And now we're on episode 56. Yeah, this is episode 56. So that's kind of what kicked it off because we had almost an hour of talking about this and it's probably going to be an hour of talking about it now so let's talk about it in general what are your guys thoughts about infinity war as a concept as a story there's a lot to unpack
0: i think what did you say it was the second best superhero movie of all time
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. no we were joking if what ranks superhero movie it it oh yeah and i think we talked about yeah it was like is the best superhero movie is the best marvel movie we were talking about is it Guardians is Guardians 3 on the podium Is it No Way Home is it Endgame Yeah it's up there for
0: sure Spider-Verse is also up there I think it's mm-hmm. on Spider-Verse is number one But
1: yeah that's I'd for superhero that. movies For more so. than
0: just That's more for more than just like it being a superhero movie. But we're not talking about Spider Verse. We're talking about Infinity War. Yeah. I could go Wait, off mean... all day about Spider Verse.
2: <laughs> you mean into the Spider Verse or across the Spider Verse? <laughs> shut it down. Shut doesn't it down. doesn't <laughs> matter. They're both okay. great.
1: <laughs> I know they're both great, but that's not what I'm not talking about. Josh, you were Infinity. a
0: youngin'. I was a youngin'. What year did it come out?
1: It came out 2018 because Endgame came out 2019 and then COVID hit 2020. I remember that because I thought, imagine if this whole thing had been shifted a year and they shut down the theaters right before Endgame was about to release. That would have been (laughs) terrible for Marvel fans. Yeah, it was 2018 when Infinity War released. That was six years ago. (laughs) Josh, I remember being at school with you and watching the Infinity War trailer. Or maybe it was the Endgame trailer. We were in
0: the old, old school in the lunchroom yeah. and I remember yeah. geeking out and I almost put a hole in the wall because I punched it and I hurt my finger so <laughs> very vividly.
1: <laughs> we were, at that point, the fans that Martin Scorsese hated because Scorsese said that Marvel is not cinema and I was all like, oh yes it is, yes of course, you don't know anything Mr. experienced director of movies, I know everything. Yep. About. But in hindsight he was right, at the same time we were all so hyped for this because the, the whole reason it's the biggest, one of the biggest movies of, of Hollywood ever is because it had 10 years of buildup and one of the longest stories ever told in movie history over the span of so many movies. I mean, I think my friend group, including Josh, were, we wanted to watch all of the MCU movies. We never got to all of them before the Infinity War released, but that's so much that came out beforehand. It is just, it was almost a whole generation. And so it, it grew with its audience. It was promising a lot and the amount of secrecy. I've only seen that amount of secrecy for Endgame and No Way Home to some extent. And yet we still knew a lot about No Way Home and there were a lot of leaks and all that. But especially Infinity War and Endgame, there was a lot of secrecy, which meant that there was they were promising something good. And that was the anticipation mm-hmm. is that they were so, they built up so much expectation and they could have let us down, but they didn't. We're gonna get into that mm-hmm. now. And remember, we're not talking about Endgame yet. I wanna finish our no. conversation at the end of Infinity War where they lose. And that's where our conversation ends because Endgame brings a whole different aspect to this.
0: Okay, I think first initial thoughts, kind of broad, broad look at the movie before we kind of narrow it down to a few specific scenes is Infinity War, to compare it to Endgame, is much better because I love the idea of the heroes losing for once and how scary mm-hmm. that can be. I can't think of many movies that do that, where it ends Yes, on a cliffhanger, and we all know that they're going to somehow figure out a way to win in the next movie. But I loved the idea of actually having, like, we're the losers in this story. And that's what gets gets you so invested. And that's why the year wait for Endgame was so borderline unbearable for a lot of people. Not me, because I forgot about it pretty quick. But that was my strategy to just forget. And then I won't be be dreading the whole year. But brilliant on the on Marvel's behalf to To create such a big cliffhanger to the point where you have to watch endgame and the ten year build up to that point it's it's the coolest thing that I think any franchise or anything has ever done in movies or any sort of TV series or or anything it's the coolest thing then again it's also turned into one of the worst things for my favorite franchise, but it's still just awesome that it was able to build up to Infinity War and the hype. It was insane.
1: Hmm. Zach, I actually don't know your experience with Infinity War because we weren't we weren't friends back then. That was still we were we met no. in college and, and this happened Couple when I was years the So yep.
2: Man, that was so long ago now. Yeah, I mean I was already full in on the MCU at that point and was very excited for this one. And yeah. I would definitely say that it is the the best MCU film. I think mm. we can probably all agree on that. Yeah. Yes. What do you think, Seth?
1: To an extent. Yes. Why do okay. you not hold Endgame as better than Infinity War? Why do you... Why, no, honestly, why do you think Infinity War tops Endgame? While it's maybe hmm. not in spectacle, definitely... Where? How would you say it
2: tops Endgame? I think... I won't put words in your mouth. Being the first one to bring all the characters together. And we see a lot more of those interactions than we do in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I think just uh, also Thanos' motivations... Are a bit bit more developed and three di- three dimensional in Infinity War than they are in Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I think mostly just because of the just you you question a lot more. Maybe Thanos is right in Infinity War than you do in Endgame.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in okay, Endgame there's no doubt that, that it's like, yeah, we gotta stop yeah. Thanos because he definitely feels like the bad guy. But in Infinity War, especially when he's when they're on Titan, is yeah, that yes. the name of the yeah. planet? Yeah. yeah. Especially when he shows like what his world used to look like, you're like, mm, he's got a point. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. doing it for good reasons, but just his solution isn't quite correct. Where everyone started throwing out like, why doesn't he just double the resources rather than killing off the population? And those kind of questions is kind of what What made me think that Endgame was better because it makes you think that of Thanos like no he was just stupid he could have done it so so much better but I actually really like that perspective Zach I I think the debate between an Infinity War and Endgame on which is better is just a fun one.
1: Mm -hmm. You're right Thanos in Endgame is both the victor at the very beginning and then he's eliminated and then he's an older Thanos or technically a younger Thanos, but from an older time, I believe it was 2013 or something like that, 2018. Somewhere in the past where he hadn't yet, he had still begun his quest for the Infinity Stones, but his drive was less controlled because he didn't have the power. He was more emotional, I would say, and that's where the more brutal final fight came from. But we're not talking about Endgame. We're talking Mm. about Infinity War. And I have the question of the last six years that I believe has sparked many a conversation. Was Thanos right? I believe that's what we talked about when we first came back to my house and talked about it that one night. But was Thanos right and why?
0: The floor is yours. Zach, if you wanna go.
2: <laughs> Josh doesn't want the heat.
0: <laughs> I I got I got an idea on it. But yeah. Okay.
2: I think kind of the main question and the main theme of the whole film is like, is an innocent life or lives worth the whole universe or worth the fate of the universe? That's mm-hmm. kind of the whole was Thanos right thing is that it's like is it worth killing off half just killing off randomly half of the people and aliens in the universe to save it and I don't know I don't think so I don't really know it's it's a I'm gonna say no a solid no Thanos was not right Thanos was not right okay I don't know how to elaborate on it
0: (laughs) okay okay hear me out now I think Thanos was in the world's or just the biggest trolley problem, Hear yeah. me out. So the universe has all these people and he can either save the people that are on it now or save the generations to come. And I feel like, I, I think he's wrong because he's just setting up because he hasn't changed anyone's minds. People are gonna live and reproduce and grow to the same point that they are just then. And then we're gonna need another snap. So I think he's wrong in his method but I do think his intentions are completely right. Like the <laughs> the idea that the, he's not doing anything for for the current generation, he knows that. But the generations to follow after are going to be able to pick up what this generation couldn't. It's because the reason that what his planet Titan died wasn't it because a a poor choice, a poor choices with their resources and and poor decision making. I think the I, I think that. He's expecting the fifty percent that's left behind to pick up the slack of what the hundred percent can do. But I, I think it's a huge, a huge moral dilemma that I really don't think any three of us are, or even William, probably one of the smartest guys I know, <laughs> can't, can't handle the question like this because it's like a there's trillions, there, there's endless amounts of people in. The universe that thanos snapped away it, it's not just the people on earth or xandar or, or titan or i guess titans like extinct he's like <laughs> one of the last people so that doesn't matter but half of the entire universe that's so many people it's more than just who we're seeing and like the 50 50 of who's getting left behind it's because the the situation is complex like can you imagine on another planet where there's they're running out of resources yes but they actually made good decisions on on where to like allocate re- resources and stuff, and it's just buying them more time. But I don't think there is a right answer ethically. I know I think that I could yeah. do it much better because I think I can do anything in my head until I have to do it in real life. But
1: <laughs> I get that it's, paper it's, done it's, right.
0: That's a big question. Yeah. It's, I, you know, in my head, I can do a backflip and I can do a ton of other cool things, but once I start doing them, just not, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen.
1: My fiance has said that she's realized the more she's gotten to know me that boys are a little bit of a masochist, or at the very least, daredevils. And that's, we're like, yeah, we either think we could do that or I could take it. Something along those lines where we're like, if I tried, I could probably mm-hmm. do it. Even if it's something yeah. insane, like jump off, you know, those, the high jump off the ski lift. I'm like, yeah. I can do that. Or if I crash, I'd survive. I'd yeah. be fine.
0: I could take it. <laughs> like, I could take on a bear. Yeah. I think I could actually fight a bear.
2: I could, yeah, I, I could leave. land the plane. There's no way I could land I the could plane! Land. Yes,
0: that's it! I could land the that's plane. It. That's it. I love that about I, it. I like to think that if I had the gauntlet, I would have the, the right snap. But
1: what do you mean? Oh, you mean like you, your intentions like I, would be right, and therefore the snap would be what you wanted.
0: No, my 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 plan on what the snap does would be would be effective. Rather than just mm-hmm. getting rid of half of the earth, I'd get rid of women. No, that's not. Whoa! Whoa I... oh, there, buddy. Whoa! pump the brakes pump the brakes no woman you're here to stay
1: (laughs) we like women here
0: like can you imagine just obviously the the solution of of doubling research okay i can't get past the women i I don't know josh i I wonder if
1: i should cut that should i
0: cut that i think you should i think
1: i think the women will be offended
0: The 3 of them that are listening. <laughs> Two of them are my mom cuz she listens. One
2: is my mom. <laughs>
0: ah, Seth do- doesn't your mom listen? Yeah,
2: when she gets around right to it. Let's go yeah. moms. Moms for the win. I love moms. Thank you mom, I love you.
0: Let me let me try this again and hope that you can cut all of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um I like to think that my, my snap, I like to think that it would be a better plan rather than getting half of the earth or half of the population of the world. There's the solution of doubling the resources, but like also doubling the resources. A planet can only handle so many resources. My mm-hmm. solution is to change the, change the morality of people or, or like, cause it's, it's infinity stones. Like they can do whatever, right? So we just make everyone a God loving Christian and boom, better world right
1: and then free will is eliminated that's like, that's a bad thing yeah
0: man I, i'm starting to realize that i'd probably just be really bad with the infinity stones i realize don't trust me you know with them
1: i realize i'd probably just snap the whole un- half the universe as well like i mean that's yeah no
2: yeah I mean, this has been you... the same discussion as if like we were talking about being god so that yeah, well that yeah, was my I point
0: don't, i don't want to be put in yeah. that position i really no. don't yeah. i'm glad god's con- god has control yeah
1: well that was my point, is that Thanos sees himself as a superior being and he sees that no one can question him and he is a god. And we'll talk about individual scenes here in a sec, but and, and how that plays into one a really cool moment.
0: But I know I think I know a moment.
1: He thinks he knows best. And I don't know we're not given enough backstory to know if he's dealt with this like actually taking billions of people billions of living organisms life like it's not just people we assume people means biped two arms two eyes two no whatever aliens too if he's dealt Did with the this morality disappear?
0: like hawkeye's dog mm, i
1: don't know but it's very clear that it's all half of life and some d- that has this extent like are trees alive do they does our oxygen supply deplete because there's half yeah. the trees like i don't think it's that far it's assumed that that thinking living beings are
0: what is something with a free will yeah
1: so the the problem is presented in a way that is very real to us the the whole conversation in society and politics of fossil fuels and limited resources and things like that are very real in our world and so they present the problem as something that is relatable and that's where i think the beauty of thanos's character comes out in wanting to solve that problem but then the logic that he follows is logical, like it's not illogical, it makes sense. It makes sense that if you take away half of all life, then suddenly you have more resources to go around. But we don't like that. We, we know that there's, imagine, value to human life, what? And so we we have this aversion to his methods. And, and so we, we sympathize with him, wanting to make the world better, and also don't like his methods. So in that case, the ends justify the means for Thanos. For us, it doesn't. But that's maybe the difference in fictional story versus reality. In reality, we have many, many years, many decades, possibly centuries of resources that we will continue to use. But that's not that's not the discussion. It is interesting how they wrote Thanos to make him sympathetic, not in a way where he has a sad backstory. It is somewhat of a sad backstory, but it's it's not. Sympathetic like I feel bad for him. It's that he has a reason to do what he's doing and he's not just a bad guy And it is he's less of that in endgame, but he's also these are an enemy I must kill them whereas his goal throughout of Infinity War is just to collect the stones to do that snap and There's people along the way who are trying to stop him
0: And he doesn't care if he dies along the way like he knows that once he does that snap He's probably Mm -hmm. gonna die from it. So it's it's he's thinking that he's also selfless in doing it.
1: Yes, That's that's the other part of the God complex is is sacrificial Mm -hmm. thinking that he's laying down his life in addition to the other half of the universe and being merciful and he's willing to give it up to random chance. That's one of the there's probably people who have whole degrees in in study of random chance and how that's more just than picking out more like Moon Knight going around and, and picking people who have or will do evil acts, which I think we should talk about Moon Knight all on its own. Not necessarily because it's the best, but because it has an interesting Mm -hmm. concept of judging people before they've done evil. In Thanos' perspective, evil is not applicable to his situation. He just sees the facts. And that's, (laughs) dare I say it, kind of a socialist perspective of just seeing an amount of resources and an amount of people and saying, these don't match. Well, we can't make more resources. We just have to make less people and not make less people in the gross way, but eliminating them. And that's, that's... terrifying and we we know that there's value to human life and we know that everyone deserves a second chance have his free will mcu has kind of given perspective of of what happens to people who don't know what's going on they don't know that thanos has attacked earth they don't know that the avengers are fighting him to try and keep their survival they just suddenly one night they just disappear and i mean that's kind of Mm rapture-esque but that's also we're, we're put into the shoes of the people who are trying to fight for what's right instead of the people who have absolutely no idea what's going on and it's, it's hit hit it hits them by surprise it's like mm-hmm. there that's not just if if they don't know what's going on yeah so it's interesting to break it down and there are many many video essays that talk about the morality and ethics of what thanos did and yes, the the bailout is to use the reality stone and make twice as amount as res- twice the amount of resources. I think that's kind of a cop out, but it's also like it's it's a skip over the problem, and obviously doesn't create for the story that that made mm-hmm. record breaking numbers at the box office. But even still, yeah. it's it's interesting to grasp.
0: I thought kind of a side note on that. I thought it was kind of funny. A few days after Infinity War came out, and I finally got Instagram back to finally like get it cuz i wasn't going to watch any spoilers but i thought it was funny because and thanos and iron man go into a room and there's six children but only three chairs and iron man he starts building three chairs but then uh, thanos you know what his solution is and i just it's it's a very morbid way of solving a, an arguably simple problem but the problem is there's not enough resources and mm. there's two solutions to it but then again those solutions are by no means easy or simple yeah
1: i i think you can say you can make more resources or use the reality stone to double what resources we have um Mm -hmm. but it's still the same problem i think it's still a limited amount and even with thanos snapping half of the universe that's still there's still a limited amount of resources it doesn't solve the problem completely it just prolongs it Mm -hmm. and so part of it is is the hopelessness of living in in real life and not having a hope for the future but we we know that we're supposed to be good stewards of this world and so one it's a call to action to do that but also i think it's a little brash on thanos's part and part of it maybe come from comes from his loneliness after his his planet was destroyed not like deaths are destroyed but he became like a warrior who's very impersonal except with a few people and he just decides Mm -hmm. that his in his loneliness everyone he he should look out for the entire universe and again be that god figure that he thinks he is
2: yeah it's interesting like throughout the whole movie you know they're faced they're faced with the choice you know like with vision oh, with Gamora first and then with vision it's like do we need to kill them to save Mm -hmm. the universe and it's like we never really know the answer to that question yeah maybe they would have saved the universe if they would have killed them but Mm -hmm. you know it's like they're always fighting for a better way. It's like what Cap America says in the movie, we don't trade lives. The whole thing is just as we've already been saying, it's just a big moral dilemma. It's balancing one life over an infinite amount, pretty much. So a bold statement with that
1: is that Cap's perspective on that was inaccurate, partly because Vision is not living. He is a, he's a machine. Yes, he has the Mind Stone, but he's not living. So in that sense, he's wrong, but also it's almost the, in order to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs mentality, but you're not, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be wanting to give up life, but you shouldn't say absolutely not because in, as we saw in the movie, both Kimura and Vision, and then an Endgame with Natasha and even Tony, like that was sacrifices that were necessary that Cat yeah. probably wouldn't have liked, like he wouldn't have approved, of course, but they were necessary in order for the ends to be met. Not that they wanted that Mm. to happen. Thanos wanted half of the universe to be dusted and and disappear. The the heroes didn't want any of their friends to die, and yet they did. And they not only came to terms with that over those six years, but also mourned them when their losses came.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think sacrifice in like, well, kind of in all, well, not in all situations, but especially like in the case of this movie, sacrifice shouldn't be the plan, but it should be something you're always willing to do. When a f- mm. situation like that comes up, mm. I mean, you know, during the whole, we don't trade lives conversation, you know, vision pushes that back to Captain America. And he says, that's exactly what you did when he crashed into the ice for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't something Captain America like planned to do. It was just mm-hmm. something that he was willing to do because of his loyalty to his country. Yeah. I got a verse here because verses are good. Is it John 15? It's John 15.
1: <laughs> John fifteen thirteen. Greater love is no one than this than one lays down his life for his friend. Mm -hmm. That's not to say, go die for your friend right now and show him how much you love him. That's saying being willing, being willing to do anything up to the point of loving them so that they will live and you will not. Whatever horrible Mm. situation that would be.
0: Yeah. A sacrificial love. A love that, you know, who, you know, who has that kind of love for us? Any guesses?
2: Uh, um, uh, hmm,
0: hmm, my favorite hmm. superhero. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it... The the death on the cross was the best snap ever, but in this case <laughs> it, it I don't I don't like comparing it. That feels like a heresy almost. I'm <laughs> I'm saying Thanos is like Jesus, but he's not. Thanos he had doesn't have a good way to save people. Jesus does. He's hmm. giving them a home afterlife. Thanos is just wiping out half of the earth. Jesus is saving all of it, but in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah, we're still going to go through the life that we have. We're going to have tru- troubles. There's going to be limited resources and unlimited wants, as my microeconomics is telling me that there's just <laughs> so many needs that the population needs, but so only so many resources. Well, Jesus solved all of that on the cross, saying that everything on this earth, it's temporary for you, and you can choose to follow me and I will have all of that and more in a life with me in heaven after life. Hopefully that made sense.
1: Josh, you brought up Jesus fulfilling all of our needs more than physical resources, and it made me think of John 4, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Again, Jesus is not telling the woman, don't drink water. He, she still needs to be hydrated, and I think it's a little annoying that Jesus twists the words of of the meaning of water. But it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize the Savior. It, it's bars, he, it's, it's bars, it's bars. <laughs> but he also makes it confusing. Obviously, he's not telling you to never drink water. You still need water to survive. But he's not saying to only rely on your tap. He's not relying. He's telling you not to rely on the water pump in your house or the any any physical resource. If that goes down, does, is your hope completely lost? No. If, if you truly believe Jesus has the best interest for you, he will make sure you are hydrated. In most scenarios, I'm not going to speak for him and, and say that for sure, but it's relying on him rather than relying on the things of this world. And I think that's the beauty of that situation. Yeah. You also mentioned sacrificial love. And I wanted... mm, I think we'll talk about it now instead of talking about it for Endgame. But there is a blatant mirror perspective on a situation that happens in the movies that show the different types of love. In Infinity War, they go to meet Red Skull and get the Soul Stone. It is probably the hardest scene to watch for both movies. Mm -hmm. And Thanos takes Gamora in Infinity War because he kind of has her hostage a little bit. And... This is what I was talking about with with Thanos loving a little bit. Like it's the one thing he has a mean he has attachments to. Everything else he's just been like, I'm I mean, a warrior. I'm a god. There's nothing that can stop me. And when he goes, <laughs> is it Vormir?
0: I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's Vormir. Yep. Yeah. And he goes to Vormir, and Red Skull tells him everything. Like this is what's supposed to happen. Again, I also think it's a little weird that Red Skull pops up, but it's a little bit of a nostalgia and and meta meta decision from the marvel gods or whatever and gamora is mocking thanos because she's become so opposed to his mentality and his his warrior processing or his warrior thoughts and she's like you don't love anyone you can't get the soul stone and he turns around and looks at her with an emotion we haven't seen Thanos make. He's just been evil up until this point. Yeah. And this is part of the part of the process or part of the steps they took to make him relatable. When he starts crying, looking at Gamora, he, oh, it's a that good hurts. Scene. It's, good but it's, feel it's yeah. good, but it's terrible. It's good, but it's terrible. And we're gonna compare this to Endgame with Natasha and Clint, but Thanos taking the one he loves and sacrificing her is very telling of the type of person he is type of alien, whatever.
0: He's not giving up something else that he loves. He loves this mission that he's on more than Gamora. Whereas when it comes to Black Widow and Hawkeye, when it comes to them fighting for it, they're saying, no, I love you more than this mission. I'm putting me in, in the sacrificial position. I'll take it because I want you and the mission to succeed. It's mm-hmm. no longer Thanos saying "Is like, no, Gamora, you're gone because this mission is more important than you. No, they're still saying, I'd rather have you alive and the mission succeed than me be here. So it's, mm-hmm. there's three levels here and you're putting yourself on the lowest level when it comes to mm-hmm. Natasha and Clint.
1: Yeah, they, I think the Natasha and Clint scene is way harder to watch because so
0: much it, it, so much it, harder it
1: cuts away it cuts away to do to catch up with other people and then it comes back and they're just kind of kicking rocks and they're like what do we do well we know what has to be done and they're they're trying to be coy with each other and then they try and fight for the for the ledge and it's like that's the sacrificial love that is so meaningful to us and it's because they would rather lay down their life for their friend than than anything else and natasha has a reason she says she says, you go see your family. And Clint says, Clint at that point has lost all hope. That's why he becomes Ronin for a little bit. And so, because he doesn't have his family. But Natasha knows that by doing this, she's going to give him his family back. And Josh, you brought up a good point though. Both of them are doing it for this, the, the mission of accomplishing the goal. For Thanos, it's achieving the Soul Stone so that he can snap half of life away. And the Avengers are doing it so that they can undo that. They're both focused on that goal. But why is Thanos willing... Well. Part of it is that he knows Gamora wouldn't take the Soul Stone and go and do it. Yeah. But why would he just as soon grab his daughter, his daughter figure, and throw her to her death Then imagine if the roles were reversed, either that, that Clint takes Natasha and says, I love you, go. That would be cruel, just the same
2: way as Thanos was cruel to Gamora. What's the parallel? I've got. I've got a first question to answer before that. Why yeah. did Thanos put the burden of balancing the universe on himself?
1: I would say hmm. the god complex. He he I thought think. he was he thought he was the big yeah. head honcho,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that wasn't going to stop him, or that that wouldn't okay. stop anything, or nothing nothing would stop yeah. that.
0: I think Seth. I think you argued earlier that Thanos has no love for himself. Is that right?
1: I said that, but he also I suppose he's yeah he's not he doesn't love himself enough to to throw himself off. Not that that would make any sense because Gamora wouldn't continue the mission. But also at the end when he's completed his mission, he's like, "That's it." My life goal is done. Mm-hmm. I
0: think Thanos actually has no love for himself, but he's also put himself on such a pedestal that, he, in a way, he does love himself. Where he has put himself at the center of the universe. It's not. It's not something that he's fallen into. He's chosen to be like the 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 savior of, of the universe. He is. He is in his own mind number one, Mm -hmm. and he is Mm -hmm. making all of these decisions for half of the universe and the other half. He's making decisions for the whole universe because he believes he is him, basically. He is him. Mm -hmm. He is him. (laughs) When in reality, he's just making a decision that he thinks is best in his own eyes. He's only Mm -hmm. got his perspective, but his perspective is so focused on what he thinks he's got blocking out everything else. And so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that Thanos doesn't love himself. I think he loves his ideas in his God complex so much that he's willing to sacrifice everything for it, even his life. So -hmm. it's not him loving himself. It's him loving this idea and pedestal that he's put it on. It's
2: interesting because there's this definition of heroes and villains that I've brought up in a previous episode, where basically a villain says I've been hurt so I'm going to hurt others. And the hero says, I've been hurt, so I want to prevent others from feeling this pain. And Thanos almost fits more into the hero definition there. You know, with everything that happened with him on Titan, he's kind of the hero of this story, in a sense, or with him and his own motivations. They're more heroic and sacrificial than what we see typically for the motivations of a villain.
0: Yeah. I think you could probably make a whole movie, another movie. Marvel might actually be on this, but from Thanos' perspective, if you were to have everything from his third person view, it would probably look much better because everything that he's done has been tailored to his viewpoint Yeah, because he's so focused on what his goals and like his just methodology for everything. It's, it's so narrow-minded.
1: I mean, it's it's a lot to think about. I I think the parallels between Thanos and Gamora and Natasha and Clint are really interesting. And I'd love to hear more people talk about it on our Discord, which we'll be talking about that later this week. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a lot of moral. There, there's a lot more moral conversation in Infinity War and Endgame than in a lot of the other Marvel movies. Although there are plenty to be had in all the other phase one through three movies. I think specifically of... Winter Soldier, Civil War, even where yep. there's, especially Civil War. I think maybe that's what makes Marvel movies so good. Is not just obviously we've established that it's not having a token of fast action, quippy one-liners, whatever. Maybe it's a little bit of moral twist to it and and talking mm-hmm. about the stuff that's more of a conundrum and maybe doesn't have a correct answer but it's interesting to explore as superheroes
0: inability to create a conflict that doesn't have a clear side of right mm-hmm. and wrong creates for a very interesting story yes. the idea that Thanos could be right which i think most would probably agree that he's wrong but still the the possibility that he could be right is mm-hmm. incredibly like interesting to watch in a movie and same thing with civil war same thing with a lot of the other movies they've got questions in there of like hold up i don't actually know that's a that's a good question well, like what is what what do i do in this situation and then you want to watch that you want to see how they figure it out and i think that's where marvel has lost its touch because they no yeah. longer have those questions
2: i think black panther basically ended with killmonger being right which is really yeah interesting. killmonger was another one yeah people still people criticize killmonger
1: for being a, a like a C or D tier villain but I I I I also see a lot of people praising him for being relatable. I think he's, yeah. he goes both ways. Maybe maybe he leans mm-hmm. the the former way because he's a one-off villain and and dies at the end of his first movie, yeah. but also he definitely has good intentions. Yeah. And so yeah. He's what? sane. He's sane, yes. Which is a spectrum. You can have a very sane villain who is logical, and you understand him that way. And then you have a character like the Joker, who's insane, and and that's also entertaining to watch. But but somewhere in the middle is is a cheesy villain where it's like I'm evil because I'm evil, or I'm evil because Mm -hmm. you stepped on my grilled cheese when I was four, (laughs) and I declared (laughs) war against the
0: universe. (laughs) Doctor Doof and Schmertz.
1: But yeah, there's a balance, and maybe we should. I think we have an episode coming up about. Villains and the Mm what makes a good villain. I think what Infinity War has going for it, and why we would say Thanos is wrong, is because we all understand the value of human life, and that's Mm -hmm. something that I don't know that many Thanos doesn't for sure, but in our world, I don't know that a lot of people understand why humans are valuable outside of the Christian Mm -hmm. worldview. I don't, I would want to hear genuinely. This isn't like a a straw man. I would want to hear what, where someone places their value in humanity and why we are valuable. And therefore knowing that there is value in all human life from the elderly grandparents who are on their last leg of their journey to the unborn who have just as much value as anyone in between those ages. I think no one can, can say that there is value in human life outside of being made in the image of God and being created fearfully and wonderfully from the moment we're conceived. I think that is an amazing part. And, and the, the essence of wh- why we believe what we believe is because we have a reason to, to know why we believe what we believe. And that's through Jesus and and the, the scriptures saying that we were created for a greater purpose and in the image of God. Let's talk about some fun stuff, guys. It's been a long, long time talking about morals. Let's talk about what makes Infinity War really good for the nerds.
0: Okay, (laughs) I want to kick it off with a very specific, a very specific thing that I always, I feel proud of myself for putting together this, this little nugget, whatever it is.
1: It's a nugget. We'll call it a nugget.
0: My favorite fight scene from all of Marvel is between Iron Man and Thanos at the end. (laughs) And it's so cool because if you remember Iron Man, when he has a conversation with Whiplash in Iron Man 2, big callback way back when, where Whiplash says, if you can make a god bleed, people will cease to believe in him. And during that fight scene, I don't know if you guys remember, but (laughs) Iron Man landed a punch that caused Thanos to bleed and Thanos says all of that for a drop of blood. But the face that Iron Man had or or Tony Stark had wasn't ah, oh, I just did all that work for nothing. He's like, Oh, he's he's killable, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's a way to win this. We can do this. So there's hope in that single drop of blood. I just wondering I just wonder what your guys' thoughts are that I just think that's one of the coolest connections that I've ever seen from movies from that big callback. I thought that was awesome.
1: Yes, I love that one. I I think Mm -hmm. that shows the nanotech to the fullest extent because Mm -hmm. nanotech has become so cheap and easy for stories, and it shows all of what is capable. And yes, it was the first movie to introduce it, but it also showed that it was limited, and that was the whole point. It's like he had a certain amount of Mm -hmm. nanotech on his body and as it slowly started to run out he started to run out and and yeah especially all of the different moves like it's not just like imagine green lantern he's kind of infinite in how he can make things and then there's so so there's two spectrums there's like green lantern who can can create anything then there's captain america who has a shield like he punches and he blocks there's there's infinite possibilities and there's limited possibilities this nanotech suit sits right in the middle where it's technically infinite. It's whatever Tony can think of in the moment, but it's also limited because of how much nanotech is on him. And so I think that that's the little bit of weakness that you need in your character more than just character development, it's it's the suit's weakness or the the power's weakness.
0: It's the kryptonite. And it's it's not it's not yeah. super big, but it's enough for it to be a big deal when it comes to be in play.
1: And this is the 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 evolution of Iron Man's armor. I believe we talked about it in the Iron Man episode of how each yeah. iteration he learns from his last mistake and makes an improvement. And mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how he fixed the nanotech from being limited to however he used it in Endgame. Maybe he just didn't. I run think out it was.
0: I think it was a force shield. So I think the big thing that was that it was was he was using a nanotech shield. But since he was taking so many blows with that, I think another cool thing is Tony Stark's ability to learn. I think you can see a lot of that, which mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure that you talked about it yeah. in the uh, Iron Man episode. But that's just one one solution that he had.
1: Yeah, the shield for sure when he was holding that up in Endgame. But I think of the move, especially specifically the one where he drew blood on Thanos, but all of those leading moves where he's got the shield, he spins around it and he clamps down Thanos' hand, and he, like, full power swings back around to clock him in the face, and then he drew blood. That was also probably a move from Civil War when he when he used a, a repulsor to, to make yeah. a stronger punch or whatever. But yeah, that is just a very very smart, well-calculated thing that, that Tony was doing, and even Thanos says, I've heard of you, because he's kind of legendary. It's a really good fight scene. I love it. Tony was very creative in how he fought Thanos. He knew the weaknesses, so, like, right away... He went for like the little squid that attached to his hand and kept it open. Then he did like a, a a kick to with both his legs and then a double punch and all that. On top of that, we talked about him running out of nanotech and that was the epitome of the fight where he was running out of parts to cover his body and so he kept needing to readjust where it was going and then Thanos broke off the blade and stabbed him. I remember gasping at that moment because I was like, oh, Tony Stark can't die they were just postponing it for a year but yeah that was a wow yeah he healed himself with right away with the freeze whatever but yeah that was crazy
0: I got another scene to talk about moving on with all the scenes if we're ready to move on yeah Peter Quill sabotaging the whole plan
2: yeah that scene
0: (laughs) gets so much hate can you find a way to justify Peter's position
1: yes true love yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) there we go (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, no. It, I truly think it was a power of true love, not actual true love, because <laughs> that's not a topic I want to get into. But yeah. he was heartbroken. He knew what Thanos had done, yeah. and he acted emotionally. And everyone hates him for it. Like that's the kind of the point is mm-hmm. that they were about to succeed, and Quill messed it up. Now I remember seeing a meme in between Infinity War and Endgame. They were like pulling on his on his on the glove right before Quill came in and messed everything up. And Spider-Man says, but Mr. Stark, why don't you just remove all the all the stones? And then it just, roll credits. And that was funny because they predicted that for Endgame because that's what happened. Yeah.
0: And then the, the loophole where Doctor Strange, where they literally they literally show that he could cut off a hand previously yep, in the movie with the portal. The yeah. They literally show that it is doable, but not, <laughs> only, not only doable. But quite simple, actually. <laughs> that,
1: didn't, that didn't come up again.
0: There's quite a few loopholes that yeah. that could have happened here. And yeah. you kind of got to forgive them for the movie's sake. Yeah, but,
1: yeah you're right. The, that, that scene is meant to infuriate you because they're so close to victory. Gives you the false sense of victory mm-hmm. and then not. Same with Thor. We haven't even talked about Thor. But at the very end when he, when he incapacitates Thanos and you're like, oh, it's fine. He has an axe lodged in his chest. But then should've that's, that's a the little head. bit of hope, and should have gone for the head. Man, mm-hmm. that was I think, that was probably uh, a moment that again sucked the sound out of the theater. It didn't go completely silent; it still had a little bit of ambient noise. But you, it was such a powerful snap sound with with the sound design and Thor going no, and then you realize Thanos had won. And even though you had yeah. a bunch of a bunch of hope, it wasn't enough.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the whole the whole storyline of Infinity War is just. Constantly, you're you're so used to the Marvel movies having just a little bit of hope. You just Mm. just that (laughs) that Star Wars scenario where it's just such a small little gap, but somehow good still overcomes evil in this spot. Mm -hmm. Like Thanos has all of them, but oh, Thor's here, or or you're just about to get the gauntlet off. Oh wait, Mm -hmm. Peter Quill's emotional, but in this case, this is one of the very few times where just a little bit of hope actually doesn't triumph i it's just in complete contrast to almost all the other movies where it's just so close to the bad guys winning but good still overcomes and i it's throughout the whole infinity war where there's just a little bit of hope left and it just keeps on getting squashed yeah
1: the i also think thor was a little emotional because obviously loki had died mm -hmm. and he wanted thanos to suffer instead of just getting it done with and that's more or less what happened at the beginning of Endgame when they found thanos and Thor is just... He didn't hesitate. Well, I mean, they let him talk for a little bit, but then Thor was just—he he had had enough, and he did it right away. Instead of in Infinity War, where he holds him and is like watching him grunt in pain as there's an axe in his chest, and then yeah. not doing anything to to either cut off his hand or cut off his head. So, yeah, yeah. greatest entrance in superhero history: oh. Thor's Bifrost entrance. Yes, <laughs> Ooh, it's so man, is so good. It's so yeah. good. It's, mm-hmm. it's again. This was a down. This was a valley of hopelessness. Where everyone's kind of getting beat up, the the demogorgon things—I don't even know what they're called—are surrounding everybody. And then I don't even remember how it actually happens, but you, I think you see the bifrost, and then the axe is is thrown yeah. everywhere. Yep. And then Thor jumps in and is <laughs> yells, "Bring me Thanos!" And wow, that is such a cool scene. I love that. It's so a chill.
0: moment. It's a chills yeah. moment.
1: Absolute chills. No, that's that's. I think everyone can say that's one of the best
2: superhero entrances, almost of all time. Yeah. Here's something we should talk about. Nanotech. We we okay. briefly mentioned it earlier, but I feel like this movie really started something. I don't think we. Ooh. We didn't really see it much.
0: It something.
2: Before this, and it was used well in this one, and with. I mean, it makes sense for Iron Man, but when we're seeing it for characters like Ant-Man or Black Panther, Mm -hmm. I even saw a clip from the Flash TV show where the Flash's helmet is nanotech. And when you're you're the fastest man alive, you don't need that. So it's it's (laughs) just so dumb how... (laughs) We don't talk about the (laughs) Flash
1: TV show and how bad it got. It
2: it just got so overused and not (laughs) special to a character like Tony Stark anymore. Yeah,
0: it got to be an easy way out and just adding a little bit of style points to stuff. I think mm-hmm. the the last time that it was actually creatively and effectively used was Tony Stark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was bad for Infinity War and Endgame. That was, mm-hmm. as we said, the progression of the suits. But as soon as Ant-Man had it, and yes, you could have had Ant Man have suits from Tony. I don't think Tony had another Iron Man three moment, but instead of making himself Iron Man suits, he made everyone Iron Man suits. I don't think Ironheart, Riri Williams, has the capacity to make nanotech, but maybe I'm wrong. Did I you forgot have nanotech. I, I don't remember. I, I barely remember Black Panther, kind of forever. Regardless, it is an easy CGI way to yeah. get your characters to be or to to make it cheaper. They did for Endgame. They made. Incredible CGI suits for their time travel but yeah. I think they lean too much into that in 4 and 5 phase 4 and 5 to try and get less practical suits and I think again promising future episodes there's a whole conversation of acting with a helmet and how mm. if, if you always have to be showing your character's face either don't give them a helmet or make it logical that they take it off with Quantum Mania, especially, they're every time, every time they jump up, like from being from being small, they they grow and then their helmet immediately comes off so they can talk and emote, and then it goes back on. It it's not clear <laughs> how that goes on. I remember watching Ant-Man and and seeing the physical suit and being like, wow, he has to get into that and put the helmet on and then click the buttons to go down. Now it's just thinking about it, and it happens. It's too convenient. it's, It's too fantastical instead of being grounded, whereas, yes, Nanotech isn't real, but it's still is Tony Stark who has it and not just some mm. slum who can hide it in their necklace. That's apparently what happened in Quantumania. Do you remember that? They just met each other in in Hope's office and they go tick,
2: tick, and they're in their, in their oh, uniform. It does, it makes yeah. me upset.
0: It's lazy, it's lazy. It is
2: lazy, it is. Didn't both of the Thors also have nanotech helmets? Yes, or, well, you could say that that's Not, na- that's not nanotech, Asgardian. but You could weird. say it's
1: Asgardian magic. Even if it's not yeah. nanotech, it's the concept of just making the face disappear and appear and all that. So yeah. Also, interesting fact: I didn't realize how slow the movie was paced. I'm looking at almost exactly halfway through the movie, and that's only where the guardians meet Iron Man, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange. Uh, that, it's a very well paced movie. Its time. It doesn't. It's two and a half hours, but yes, it doesn't mm-hmm. rush anything. And it not only did they do well splitting it into two movies, but because they can be, well, they can't be standalone movies. You have to know a lot in order to watch them. Yeah. But it, I think it, I think it was well, well produced in that way.
0: Both of them are like full plots. It's not, it's not one, it, mm-hmm. it's okay. This might sound, I hope you track with this, but Infinity War is its own plot. It has a beginning and it has an end. Yeah. There's a greater story, but they're both standalone in the way that they're, they have, they have. A a beginning of conflict, a a climax, and then a resolve. Now, mm-hmm. Infinity War doesn't have a good resolve, so that's what the whole Endgame conflict is getting a new resolve. So the mm-hmm. the the pacing for him, if it was just two movies where the it's the same conflict from Infinity War in Endgame, then it would feel very drawn out. But since it's since it's a whole one arc of of climax resolve back to another arc of climax and resolve. That's Mm -hmm. what makes it work so well standalone.
1: That's why I would argue the difference between this and Dune. Dune is just a long movie. It's like a five, six hour movie split into two movies. Mm Infinity War and Endgame, you're right, have the opening, the the climax, and then the resolve. Even if the resolve for Infinity War is a loss, it then yeah. still continues the story, it, but it, it does a whole nother one. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think Gents. about, maybe oh, Josh, Josh, you might not even know about this. Zach, I'm sure you do. The secret invasion reveal about
0: Rhodey. Oh. You know, I've been, I've lost track of everything.
2: That might be better, that might be better to bring up for Endgame when talking about Tony's sacrifice. Okay. That's just so you can, If you want to bring it up now, we can talk about
1: it now. I I was just flipping through and it and I saw the the scene where they're in the where they meet up after the attack on Wanda and Vision. Yeah, I suppose. Josh, Rhodey's a scroll. Rhodey's an alien. Since what the end of since Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah, so Civil War. He got after paralyzed War, yeah. in. Yeah. Well, he was was the end of Civil War. Was that actually Rhodey, or was did they swap him in the hospital? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Marvel yeah. does what so, Marvel does. So in Secret that just Invasion... completely
0: nullifies anything after.
1: That's the point! Yeah. <laughs> no, in Secret Invasion, they revealed that <laughs> Rhodey was a scroll, but only back until Civil War. So when he got paralyzed, <clears throat> he went into a coma or something, and they replaced him for some reason with a scroll. And from the end of Civil War... Through Infinity War, through Endgame, through Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all of that was not Rhodey, and I don't think that's fair. We can talk about Rhodey in the Endgame episode and mm-hmm. how his reveal in Secret Invasion was stupid because of looking back on the movies that we got in this. Part.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big topic, and I was I was gonna say I think we should save a friend game.
2: The Iron Spider suit. I mean,
0: I okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> it it makes sense to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be one of those guys. It's just like, oh, it's from the comics, so it's <laughs> automatically good. Yeah. I think with just Tony's relationship with Peter and just trying to be that mentor and protect him at all costs, it makes sense. And I would also mm-hmm. say, kind of as an aside, the suit, the Iron Spider suit looks a lot better in Infinity War and Endgame than it does than in, like, Far From Home and No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because of the budget. But sure,
0: I think, I think, okay, Tom Holland is my least favorite Spider-Man because they took away <sighs> my favorite parts of Spider-Man. <laughs> wow. And, and they took away these parts of Spider-Man because Tony Stark gave him, gave everything to him. Like mm-hmm. my favorite thing about Spider-Man was that he's, he's smart, he's on his own and he's making his own suits. He's figuring out his own webs, web shooters, everything, but you don't have that because Tony Stark is just giving him everything. I wish mm-hmm. it would have been a situation. Like, I I love the Iron Spider suit. I just wish okay. that, that Peter had a little bit more to play into the creation of the iron spider like i yeah. i can picture perfectly like peter being able to create something on his own and then tony being like hey let's spice it up a little bit let's add mm-hmm. this you know and i could picture a great scene where they just be in in a bunker trying to figure something like this out but you just get none of peter's creativity and the only creativity that you see is a completely trash suit that was from okay homecoming? i should say trash homecoming i i it's not a very—it's not a good suit. And I know that's kind of part of the the storyline, but Peter's a brilliant, but. All of his fancy tech and everything is handed to him because of Tony Stark, even when they try and redeem it a little bit in Far From um, Home.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to bring yeah, that up because he technically does make his own suit, but it's still Stark tech.
0: It's still Stark tech. So it's not his own. He's still using mm-hmm. the holograms and everything of Tony of Tony's, which is a really cool callback, I will admit, to Tony creating the first Iron Man suit. And it's like yeah. he's the new Iron Man. I think that's great. But still, Tom Holland in my opinion, is my least favorite Spider-Man because (laughs) of stuff like the Iron Man suit.
2: You should have been on our Spider-Man episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we kind of broke it down on that one. And also, since then, I watched a video of the best Spider-Man suit, and the reviewer said that it's annoying that the Iron Spider suit has been in more movies than any other suit because yeah. it's so shiny, it's too techy, it's too much like Iron Man. That's I think those are fair arguments, but it was in Infinity War, Endgame, Far From Home, and mm. then No Way, no way, no way, no way no. Home. So it is a little, it, it, it has it's overstated. its welcome. I'll, I'll put it that way. However, mm-hmm. the, the way it was introduced, I will say is really cool. It was really
0: <laughs> Especially cool. Especially
1: because it, it plays into the characters of Peter trying to help and getting stuck in a situation where he he shouldn't be. And so then Tony's like, all right, we're going to use the thing that I wasn't planning on using, but it's the only option. And and then with Peter losing oxygen and falling, and it catches him and wraps around him like that. That was really cool. Plus, it it was also a callback to Homecoming where he was introduced to it he declined it but it was still it, the iron spider suits is, is part of the comics it's great but also yeah. in mm-hmm. in the ship when the hole breaks loose or breaks breaks free of the ship and he uses the 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 iron spider claws out claws, of his back like, yeah that was really cool both mostly because that's like the iconic
2: part of the iron spider suit and that was that was awesome yeah mm-hmm. i gotta so, say um, though i wasn't the biggest fan of the design of the suit crusade In like the lines and the the colors yeah Well, kind of just how Marvel loves lines on superhero suits. (laughs) Very tactical. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. But I mean, if you look up concept art or even like the, what the original Iron Spider suit looks like in the comics, it's like that. I feel like that would have been easier to adapt. Or not easy to adapt, but it would have been easy to adapt, and it would have looked better, in my opinion. The uh,
0: you're talking the red there's, and gold. There's so much better.
1: Yeah, like the red and gold suit. Yeah,
0: for sure. I feel like we got robbed now that I'm looking at some of these. <laughs> wow.
1: Not saying the Avengers had a chance against Thanos, but I believe that they were still suffering from the Civil War mm-hmm. moment, and especially with. The promise that Cap made in Age of Ultron, like that comes back. That whole scene from Age of Ultron where not only does Tony say that it's the endgame, which was very, very coy from the directors because they said the title of the second movie has never been said in the MCU before, when in actuality it had because Tony Stark said that up there, that's the endgame, but it was end space game. And that's... Very, very mean on the director's part to say that. Well, Doctor Strange
2: also says Endgame in Infinity War. This is the Endgame, right? So, yeah. But I believe that's we're also the end game end Space
1: Game. Yeah, end Space Game. Or no, the Endgame. When he says yeah, we're in the Endgame now, that's technically- Would be one word. Yeah. So they just straight up lied. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, but I believe not only were they separated, obviously there's, there's multiple storylines going on across the universe and they were still kind of salty about the whole Civil War thing.
2: We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's that's the endgame. How are you guys planning on beating that? Together. We'll lose. And we'll do that together too.
1: And that oh, uh, we'll talk about that in the endgame mm. episode, but when when Tony looks at him and he says and I believe I remember telling
0: Tony is.
2: Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony. Live and otherwise, that what we needed was a pseudo armor around the world. Remember that? Whether it impacted our precious freedoms or not. That's what we needed. Well, that didn't work out, did it? I said we'd lose. You said oh, we'll do that together, too. And guess what, Cap? We lost. And you weren't there. That. I just got oh.
1: chills, man. That's so good. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. Oh, man. But that's the point. In in Infinity War, they weren't together as a team, not only because they were on opposite sides of the universe, but I don't think they were Mm. working as a team. They were fighting on their own individually. It was shown on the final Titan fight when they're each kind of taking him on their own. It shows on the final Earth fight when they're all taking him on their own. Like, they're not working together. That's the whole point. And that, that plays into the Avengers the age of ultron the whole theme of civil mm. war like all of that it's it's great storytelling over multiple stories
2: and you know tony strange and peter they're the ones who had the choice to turn back to regroup with the rest of the avengers while they were in the mm-hmm. spaceship but tony was the one who said we're going to take this directly to thanos so yeah, he still put the blame on him
1: yeah i think to finish it off the blip i don't think we mm. knew it was coming no. and to start seeing everyone start disappear that was kind of scary. And it was soon after that we were kind of talking that that's kind of what the rapture would be like. Mm-hmm. Even though maybe less dramatic and theatrical.
0: I like the idea that Left Behind had where our f- clothes are gonna be folded right where we were. Yeah
1: Left behind is a little <laughs> Left behind might be a little maybe we should do an, we should do an episode on left behind. All the left we behind should. movies we should. The Nick Cage ones, the Kirk Cameron ones, all of them. Yeah, they're <laughs> very bet. interesting ones. No, but the the whole disappearing for no reason is is terrifying because of and they show that and it also kind of shows what the rapture would be like. We didn't really know what was happening until we realized like Thanos won. And that's how half the universe disappears. And we, I'm watching the scene now on Titan. They don't know who's going to disappear on earth. It's kind of 50, 50, but you have Mantis disappeared. Drax disappear. And then Quill disappears. And you're like, we're running out of people. And Dr. Strange says, there's only one way and disappears. And then Spider-Man from behind says, Mr. Stark, oh. I don't feel
2: so good. And
1: you're like, no,
0: that scene <laughs> no. was playing over and over ahead again in so many people's heads like that that to finish it off was i think the hardest scene to watch in the whole in the whole show or the whole and,
1: movie. and Holland, regardless of how good of a Spider-Man he is, he did a great job like, as the as the young child realizing, seeing all f- the other four disappear, realizing yeah. this is more or less dying, and he doesn't want to go. Like that's that's mm-hmm. what he's saying. But he knows, yeah. he knows that he's not ready. He he knows there's so much more, and it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Man, I think he also sensed
2: it too with the spider sense.
1: Yeah, that was part of it. So that's, that that's why sense that's why he of,
2: was reacting sooner
1: than everyone else. Yeah, people even noticed that Tony looks at himself like he looks at his own hands thinking he's about to go and he doesn't and that's Mm -hmm. plays into his decision in endgame where he realizes it should have been him he's gone through so much he's gone through all of this ptsd through all of these decisions that he wishes he didn't have to make and yet he was the one who had to stay and that's fate that's not like it's not necessarily insinuated that there's a yahweh god in the marvel cinematic universe but yeah it's it's a tough scene to watch. And and mm. Natasha at the end, she says, what happened? And Cap goes, we lost. And that's it for the movie. That's it. And you're oh. just left sitting in the theater. No, wait, I forgot. That's not it. It's even worse than that. Not only is, does Cap say we lost, but then it cuts to Thanos on his planet farming mm. and he sits down on his porch and smiles knowing that he's won so not only do we know that the heroes have lost but the villain has won it hurts it hurts and we we don't want the villain to win and luckily for us Mm -hmm. the villain won't win it's already been won by our lord Mm -hmm. he's won and the villain has lost and we don't have to have
0: to wait a year to figure out what actually happens we know exactly what happens yeah Thankfully, we also didn't have to to wait three days. We have the whole story right here. That'd be be a killer three days. I thought a year was long. Those three (laughs) days were probably longer.
1: Well, they didn't know it was going to be three days. That's the best part or the worst part. Yeah, they they just thought it was over. Imagine imagine having Infinity War with no announced sequel. Yeah, it's it'd be terrible. But you know, a lot more because your savior was dead. He's alive and he's coming back and he's already won. And you know, good stuff.
0: Moral of the story, God's coming back. Bars. Bars. I was going to try and figure out something else to say, but my brain was dead and I couldn't think of anything. You're
1: right. Oh, man. That was, I I like that. That was good. We got through a lot of stuff. Thank you guys for sticking
0: with us are, for are a we long gonna, time. What? Are we gonna release the Endgame episode a year a year from now? <laughs> are we oh, gonna yeah. <laughs> no
1: that? we're not gonna do that to them? We will wait we will wait a few weeks so we don't have MCU overload. But we will be coming to you with an endgame episode in the near future. Thank you guys so much for listening and sticking with us, especially through our long morality talk. I hope you reached the fun mm-hmm. part where we talked and geeked out a little bit. But make sure you follow us on all our socials, share this with your friends and make sure to join our discord where we talk about a lot of this stuff and i think we'll have some good discussion on if thanos was right and some more perspectives on that but until next week know that you are loved god bless peace
0: peace out brethren
2: Can you make us all dust at the end?
1: I (laughs) want to. I don't know that I can.
0: You have a degree in animation, my guy.
1: No, I don't. I haven't hit hit stop record, so we just do like, oh! (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) We're dusting! (laughs) Oh, no!
2: (laughs) What noise
1: would you make when you were dusting?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. I've got no fear of death. I know where I'm going. I'd make it funny. (laughs) I'd put the fun in funeral to take words from another guy. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't have a funeral. You'd just be dust. From dust you were conceived to dust you shall return. I don't know the verse. All right.